You are listening to the Overflow Podcast, a ministry of First Denton. For more information on Overflow, please visit overflowdenton.org. Cool. Hey, uh, tonight's going to be awesome. I'm excited about this. So, um, I don't know if y'all have met Dr. Jeff yet. But uh, he is, uh, he's the pastor of this church, and uh, he's a total stud. Um, bench press is about, uh, I don't know, like 125. <laughs> nah, like 360 on a good day. Um, now, I'm excited about this week. Uh, I mean, selfishly, I'm excited. We, we, we decided we'd trade spots for the week. So uh, tonight he's going to be teaching here. Sunday I'm going to be teaching here instead of him. And, and uh, so that's cool. But I'm, I'm excited about tonight because he's here. And um, if, if you haven't been able to... Um, Meet Dr. Jeff, hopefully tonight, maybe afterwards you can, um, but uh, obviously tonight you'll get to get to know him a little bit through him teaching, but uh, he is the pastor of this church. He's been here for, what, like 15, 16, 17 years, something like that? 18, I'm sorry, 18 years. Uh, and uh, he is, you know, I've been here for five now, and he's become just a, a really uh, good friend, and uh, I'm thankful that he's our leader, and uh, yeah, we make fun videos together every once in a while, randomly, so if you haven't seen any of those, we'll... we'll you don't need to see them. They're not worth seeing, but uh, we enjoy them. But I, I just wanted to take a minute and introduce him to you. Um, he really is just an awesome guy, and I'm thankful that he's come tonight to teach. Uh, and so if y'all would, uh, help me in welcoming him. Y'all give Dr. Mm. Jeff a hand. Thanks. All right. Great to be here tonight. Now, Austin just made a little statement there that I want to kind of reiterate on this this month marks five years since austin came to first baptist church in overflow let's give him a hand for five years of, of great ministry you know you guys most of you guys are here for four years then you're gone uh, so he's got to go through a whole cycle and now started on a second cycle of students uh, but uh, he's done a fantastic job here and we are thrilled to have him and i want you to come sunday morning hear him preach 9 30 11 o'clock 11 o'clock is probably the one you want to come to and uh, Austin will be preaching there i'm going to be in indianapolis this coming sunday uh, mark caswell how many of you know mark caswell let me see your hands all right mark was our student minister here for about five years he actually grew up in this church and now he's in indianapolis starting a brand new church up there and so my wife and i are going up for the weekend to kind of hang out with he and his family and go to church with them and uh, and see things with them. All right, take your Bibles tonight. Open to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. If you didn't bring your Bible tonight, we have Bibles in the pew rack there in front of you. And so pop one of those open. I think it's on page 878. Is that what we figured out a while ago? 878. Yeah, I couldn't read it. I had to ask one of the girls down here what page it was. Uh, you know, when you get old, you can't, you can't read unless you got some glasses. But anyway, 878, Luke 19. And we're going to read a very familiar story. It's a story about a guy who was a tax man, an IRS man. Do we have any accounting majors in the room tonight? Raise your hand. All right. Okay. Anybody going to major in, in tax? Let me see your hands. Oh, even some of those. All right. Okay. So this is your night. We're going to talk about your thing tonight because Zacchaeus was a tax man. He was a tax collector. And he wasn't just an ordinary tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. What that means was he was high up in rank. He had a lot of other tax collectors that worked for him. Now, you need to understand that in Jewish culture, in this time, in Bible times, tax collectors were hated. They, nobody liked them because they didn't like the fact that they were taking their money from them. And it was the Roman government that was taxing them. 
You see, the Roman government ruled the nation of Israel during this time, and they hated it. The Israelites did. Hated that they were kind of under their thumb, and, and in order to uh, promote and, and, uh, and bring about their vast empire, uh, the Romans would heavily tax the people. And they just hated taking their taxes and, and sending them to really what to them was a foreign country and, and losing all that income, and, and, and they really didn't get anything in return. And so, so they hated it, and they hated the people that took the money from them, the tax collectors like Zacchaeus. Now, the way the structure was set up, it was just set up for corruption because the Roman government would say to Zacchaeus and the other tax collectors, you need to collect this much, and whatever you get on top of that, you get to keep. And so it was just kind of shady kind of deal. Many even kind of thought they were sort of like the mafia because they could kind of shake people down and, and get really more than they should. And so you get the whole picture. They didn't like tax collectors. They didn't like this guy named Zacchaeus. Now, a story is found in verses 1 through 10 of Luke chapter 19. But I want to read verse 10 first, and then I want to go back and read the first nine. But before I do that, though, how many of you grew up in church and in Sunday school and you learned about Zacchaeus when you are growing up? Okay. Oh, that's a lot of hands. Okay. I would bet that at least a few of you learned a little song about Zacchaeus, didn't you? Okay. I, I got to get right here so I can make sure I get the words right. But if you know it, sing it with me, okay? And I'm a horrible singer, so sing loud so people can't hear me. Ready? Here we go. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior, people don't know this second verse, passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today. I'm going to your house today. All right, give him a hand. Those are the same. Very good. All right. If you didn't grow up singing that, that's okay. But uh, it's a good little song to remember about Zacchaeus. All right, Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Look what it says. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, that's the principle of this story. The Son of Man, Jesus Christ. Jesus was called the Son of Man several times in Scripture. As a matter of fact, that was his favorite name for himself, favorite term for himself. So, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Now, let's read the story that demonstrates the principle. Okay, so back up to verse 1 of Luke 19. Here's what it says. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was rich. Now, he was rich because he was corrupt. Remember, he could collect however much he wanted. So that's why he was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. That's probably the thing we know most about Zacchaeus. A wee little man, the song says, right? He was vertically challenged, okay? So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything... I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. And here's verse 10 again. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. All right, I ask uh, before the thing started tonight for some people to come up and help me. We're going to uh, sort of reenact this little story tonight, okay? So if I ask you to help, come on, stand up. There's about 10 people. They didn't leave, I hope, because they didn't want to do this, but... Uh, 
Come on up. Hurry, hurry, hurry. We've got to be quick. Got to be quick. Got to be quick. There you go. All right. So give him a hand, big hand. All right. So these are my helpers, and we're going to sort of act like we're, we're filming a, a, a movie, okay? A movie about this story about Zacchaeus. Now, I need, I need somebody to play Jesus, okay? Who wants to play Jesus? Anybody? Got Jesus right here, okay? Now, you're not in this first scene, so just get over there and act like you're not here, okay? And then I need a Zacchaeus. Oh, here's a Zacchaeus right here, all right? We're going to get Zacchaeus right here. Okay. The rest of you kind of come together a little more, all right? Zacchaeus, stand right over here. All right, three scenes, three scenes in our little play, okay? The first one we're going to call the mean tax collector, okay? And that's Zach, okay? Now, you guys are the mob, all right? You're all just kind of the crowd, okay? And I'm going to give you some money because uh, you deserve some money, okay? And uh, don't try to spend this at the food truck afterwards because they won't take it out there. But uh, here's a little money for you. Now, don't, don't get too attached to it because, remember, the tax man cometh, okay? Now, here in this first scene, Zach, what you're going to do is you're going to start down there at the end, and you're going to go down, and you're going to take all their money. Because the tax collector, that's what he does. He takes all your money. And as you do that, as you take that money, you're just going to kind of gleefully say, <laughs> and just kind of take all their money, all right? Because you're the greedy tax guy. Okay, start right here. Now, not yet, not yet. We're not, not through. I've got to finish my instructions here. All right, now the mob. You guys are hopping mad that Zach's taking all your money. So you need to grumble and gripe and, and, and complain, but you've got to give it to him. Okay? All right, everybody ready? All right, here we go. Ready? Lights, camera. Action. We need grumbling. We need grumbling. All right. Cut. All right. Print. Very good, Zach. You're a natural, man. You're a natural. All right. Jesus, come on in. We're going to get Jesus into this, this deal. Now, we're going to pretend this is a street, okay? And we're going to pretend this is a street. We'll just call it Fifth Avenue, okay? And uh, Jesus, you're going to walk down the street like a celebrity, okay? Because the crowds are here to see you, and you're going to do that parade wave, okay, when you go down, all right? Yesterday, Miss America sat right there where you're sitting. Miss America, 1973, okay? We had a funeral here yesterday, and she was here. And Miss America, she used to do like that, okay? That's what I want you to do, because you're a celebrity, and everybody's here to see you, okay? Crowd, I need y'all to move up two steps, all right? Because, Zach, I want you to behind the crowd. Here, give me that money. You don't need that money anymore. All right. We'll, we'll use it later. But anyway, all right, so crowd kind of moved together just a little bit, each of you. Okay, now, Zach, here's what you're doing. You're behind the crowd, and you're trying to see Jesus coming down the street, okay? So you're trying to get between them. But crowd, remember now, he took your money. You're not going to let him get between you, okay? You're not going to let him see Jesus out there uh, in that. Now, first of all, one, one other thing. We need a tree, okay? Because remember, it says that Jesus or that Zacchaeus got up in a tree. Now, I've been to Israel before, and I've seen sycamore trees, and they're big and they're ugly, okay? So we need a tree. Aramis, get up here, man. We need a tree. Come on, man. Hurry, 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 hurry. Come on. Come on. Aramis is going to play our tree. Aramis, I want you to stand right here like that, okay? Right here, right here. Have you ever played a tree before? You have played a tree before. Okay, good. So, you know, I don't know what to do. Get your hands up and stand there. All right, so here's what's going to happen. Jesus is going to come walking down. He's going to do the wave and all that. Zach, you're trying to see, but you can't see. And so you're going to run down and you're going to jump up in the tree so you can see Jesus, okay? 
Now, Jesus, once you get to the tree and you see Zacchaeus up in there, you're going to look up at Zacchaeus and you're going to say, Zacchaeus, come down because I'm going to your house for supper tonight. Okay? And then Zacchaeus, you're going to get down on the tree and you're going to walk arm in arm this way back to your house. Okay? Ready? Here we go. Lights, camera, action. Get in there, Zach. Come on, Zach. Can you see? All right, cut, print, very good. All right, very good. Give him a hand, give him a hand. Okay, so now we got one last scene. All right, and this scene is Zach, a changed man. Okay, Zach, I'm going to give you money back. All right, Jesus, I want you to go stand over there by the tree. Yeah, keep your arms up, tree. All right, just keep your arms up. Keep your arms up. Jesus, maybe stand about right there. Okay, now, here's, we're going to, you're a changed man. Okay, things have changed. You've been, you've had Jesus to your house now, and your heart has changed. And instead of being a greedy person taking away the money, now you're going to give it back to them. Okay, and so he's going to come up, he's going to give you back the money, and you guys are going to scratch your heads, and you're going to wonder, who is this guy? What's going on? He's giving us money back when he's taking it away from us. And Jesus, when he looks over at you, you're going to go, where'd it go? Where'd it go, Zach? All right, tree, keep your arms up, all right? Okay, all right, ready? Here we go, last scene, ready? Lights, camera, action. Let's give him a hand. Everybody for the tree. Very good. Thank y'all. Y'all can go sit down now. Keep your money. Try to use it as a food truck when you leave. All right. Okay. Great story. Great story. We learn about it when we're kids. But today I want us to, to look at it as an adult. All right. And let's see if we can find some lessons from what happened with Zacchaeus that day. Changed from a man who was hard-hearted, a man who was totally away from Christ, to, to an unbelievable transformation in a very short period of time. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to look at the two main characters of the story. Zacchaeus first, and then we'll look at the star of the story, and that is Jesus Christ. All right, so let's jump in. First of all, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, in my mind, was just an ordinary, everyday guy. As a matter of fact, Zacchaeus represents every person who is outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. So in reality, Zacchaeus... Uh, represents all of us at one point in our lives because all of us were outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, we might call him a, different, a lot of different things. We might call him unbelievers. But you know, that term is really not an accurate term for anybody because Romans chapter 14 and verse 11 says this. Jesus said, as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So at some point in time, the Bible says, everybody's going to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we might call these people unchurched, but when we say unchurched, then that would sort of hint that everybody who comes to church is a believer in Christ. And I would just simply say to you, that's not the case. There are many people who come to church week after week after week who have never really put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and began a relationship with him. 
Others might say, well, let's call them pagans, okay? A pagan. But you know, there are a lot of people who are outside of Christ who say, you know what? I act a whole lot better than those people who are Christians. You know, they're just a bunch of hypocrites because they say one thing and they act another way. So let's just kind of call them those who are pre-believers today because that's what really everybody in the world is. And and really, they are sort of the, the normal people, if you will, because there are a lot more people in this world today who don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ than who do. And so they're really the normal ones. I guess we're kind of the crazy ones. We're kind of the nuts. But that's the Zacks. That's the Zacchaeuses of our world. And you and I have some things in common with those Zacchaeuses. And let me give you two of them tonight, all right? Number one is this. We're all come up a little short. All of us come up a little short. Now, that's one thing we know about Zacchaeus. We know he was a tax collector. We know he's rich. And we know he was vertically challenged. My dad is five foot five inches tall. Okay, he comes to about my nose. So I say that to say I got lucky to get to five foot nine, okay? Uh, but, you know, I don't know what you consider to be short. I, I think the average height in America is like five eight or five nine, something like that. Uh, but usually we say anybody that's, you know, a little bit under that is short. Anybody that's over that is tall. But the bottom line is this guy was short. My dad is short. Now, we used to kid my dad. My dad was born in Van Alstine, Texas. Anybody know where Van Alstine is? It's over by McKinney, okay? So it's about 40 miles from here. My dad was born in his grandmother's house. And so when he was born, they took him, they wrapped him up, and they put him in a dresser drawer. <laughs> they didn't have a baby bed. They didn't have an incubator. And we used to kid my dad when we were growing up. said, Dad, the reason you're so short is they didn't put you in an incubator, which makes you grow when you're little. And so he remained short. My dad's response always was, my feet reach the floor. And uh, he was right. It doesn't matter how tall you are, as long as your feet reach the floor, right? But anyway, Zacchaeus was, was, was a little bit shorter than most people. Now, I said that all of us come up a little short. I have two children. My son is 26. His name is Ryan. My daughter is 22. Her name is Alyssa, and they're both married and off on their careers and their families and all. But when they were growing up in our house, we had a measuring stick for both of them. How many of you had a measuring stick growing up? Okay, how many of you just did it on the, on the wall in the, in the garage? Okay, all right, yeah, <laughs> on the door frame in the garage. Okay, well, both of my kids had a measuring stick. I remember Ryan's was kind of was blue and Alyssa's was white with pink on it. And every year we would measure them and we would actually weigh them too. And we'd put a mark on there about how tall they were and then we'd put their weight on there. And you know, eventually my son Ryan, he passed his mom and, and eventually he caught me and he, he passed me. Alyssa, unfortunately, never caught her mom. <laughs> She's still the shortest one in our family. But those measurements just kind of say, and I would just say, hey, both of my kids, they measure up. They measure up to their height and to where they are. But I would say to you that all of us, all of us fall short when it comes to measuring up to the standards of God. Write down this reference. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, if I measure up somewhere about right here, and, and you measure up somewhere about right here, and let's say Billy Graham, you know, he's kind of the Shaquille O'Neal of righteousness in, in our day and time. Let's say he measures up way up here. Well, God's measurement is about a million miles on up there. You see, none of us can ever measure up to God's standards. God's standard is perfection, that you would never mess up, that you would never make a mistake, that you would never sin. So just like Zach, all of us, we all come up a little bit short in life. The second thing about us that relates to Zach is this. Something was missing in his life. Something was missing in Zacchaeus' life. He was rich. 
He had all the trappings of this world. He probably had a, a beautiful house. He probably had a, a, you know, a fancy chariot with six horses that pulled it around. And, and, and you know, he had fine clothes, and, and he had the best uh, Jerusalem cruiser sandals that you know, I've ever seen. And, I mean, he just had it all. He had all the things of life. But there was something missing in his life. And he heard about this guy named Jesus who was coming through his town one day. And by the way, Jericho Jericho's a lot like Las Vegas today, okay? It was kind of sin city. That's where all the tax collectors lived. So he even had all the pleasures of this world. But there was, a, there was a void in his life. There was something missing, you might say, in his heart. And that's why on that day he thought, you know what? If I can just get to this Jesus guy, if I can just see him, maybe even talk to him, maybe he can help me to figure out what's missing in my life. You see, what he didn't realize was he was looking for God. He was looking for Jesus Christ. Some of you in this room right here today know exactly what I'm talking about because there's something missing in your life. And you thought, you know, hey, when I graduate from high school and I get out of high school and get to college, then it, you know, it'll be great. It'll fill that void that I got there. Or when I find that, that relationship, you know, when I can just find somebody that, that I can really relate to and, and, and maybe, you know, that person might become my spouse someday. And when I find that, man, that'll be it. That'll fill that void that's there. Or, you know, maybe you're still thinking ahead, you know, once I get that job, you know, once I can get a job or I can, you know, make a little money and, and pay, pay off my, my, my debts and, and, uh, and whatever it is and, you know, have a little extra and do something, that'll do it. I can buy a car, I can buy a house or whatever. We think that'll fill it up. And what happens is, is what happened with Zacchaeus. All those things come and go. All those markers that we kind of set out there in life, we get to them and we pass them by and the void is still there. The emptiness is still there. This past Sunday in my message, I quoted a guy by the name of Blaise Pascal. He was a 17th century mathematician and Christian philosopher. But he said this. He said, there's a God-shaped hole in everybody's heart. And I'm just here to tell you, if you're searching for something, and you can't figure out what it is. You just can't really grasp it. You can't really get your hands on it. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's that God-shaped hole that's in your life. And unless you fill up that hole with God, with a relationship with him, it's always going to be there. It's always going to remain void because he's the only piece of the puzzle that will fit in to those things. And Zacchaeus found it out that day. You know, Zacchaeus ran to try to find Jesus. Zacchaeus jumped up in a tree to try to find Jesus. You know, dignified men at that time didn't run and they didn't climb trees. Anybody like to climb trees? Man, when I was a kid, I loved to climb trees. On Hillside Drive in Sherman, Texas, where I grew up, we were the last house on the street. There was a vacant lot after us, and then it just dead end right there. And, man, it was great growing up there. We had a baseball field on that vacant lot. We had a basketball goal at the end of the street. We could just play basketball on the street all the time. But also on the end of the street, there was a line, a row of trees. And, and those trees were great for climbing. Had, lead, had branches down low. And, and we built houses up in there, tree houses all up in there. You know, we, every day we, re, we remodeled our tree house. You know, that's a big thing today, remodel your house. We were 40 years ahead of our time. Right? We would add a room every day. Uh, we would change it up, move it around. Well, when I got to be nine years old, we moved from Sherman, Texas to Tyler, Texas. And my new house there in Tyler, Texas uh, had no less than 15 uh, big old uh, pine trees in the front yard. 
The only problem with them was the first branch up was about 20 feet off the ground. Most frustrating year of my life as a nine-year-old, I could never get to that first branch up there. Now, I still kind of like climbing trees, but I'm a lot more cautious in climbing trees now. You know, I fall out of trees instead of going up them. But I climb trees for fun, and you climb trees for fun. Zacchaeus climbed a tree to try to find something to fill that void in his life, to try to find something to make him happy, something to make him fulfilled. And you may not be climbing trees right now to find it, but some of you are doing all kinds of other things. Maybe you're trying to, to finish school. You think, man, if I finish school, that's going to do it. You know, some people try uh, means like alcohol and drugs and other things. They think that'll find our sex or whatever it is. They're trying all these different things when the bottom line is the only thing that's going to fill it up is God himself. And Zacchaeus figured that out that day because he got to Jesus. And when he came down out of that tree, they went to his house and they spent some time together and he figured out, hey, what I'm looking for, this itch in my heart can only be filled by Jesus Christ. And so I would just say to you today, that's where you are. You're searching, you're running, you're climbing trees, whatever it is you're doing. Let me just kind of put an end to your search. You're only going to find it in Jesus Christ. You're only going to find it in a relationship with him. So let's talk about him, the star of our story today. Jesus Christ and the search, the end of our search can be found in him. Now, good thing to know is while Zacchaeus was searching for Jesus, guess what? Jesus was also searching for him. And the same is true with you. You're searching to try to find that void in your life, to try to fill it up. Jesus is searching for you. Look again at verse 10, Luke 19. It says, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, while you're looking for him, Jesus is also looking for you. He wants you to know, hey, I'm on the great, Jesus said, I'm on the greatest search and rescue mission ever in the history of the world, and it's to find you. You know, in Luke 19, Jesus was actually on the way to Jerusalem to be crucified. You know, he made his way from up in Galilee in the north, and he made his way down. And Jericho is right outside of Jerusalem. I've been there. It's kind of down at the bottom. Uh, you know, Jerusalem is about 3,000 feet above sea level. It's, you know, you've got to go up all these windy roads and up the, the mountains to get there. But Jericho's down there on, about on sea level, maybe even below sea level. And so he was there going through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified. And on his way, Scripture says, he dealt with two people. One is a man named Bartimaeus who was blind, and the other was a short tax collector named Zacchaeus. That's the only reason he came through Jericho. The only reason was to deal with two people. And I say that just to say to you, he'll do whatever it takes to deal with you. He'll go wherever he has to go to reach you. He cares enough about you and your situation that he'll do whatever it takes to fill that void in your life and to make a difference in your life. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart, and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. You know, this is the only time in Scripture that Jesus invites himself to somebody's house. You know, he went up to the tree, and he said, Zacchaeus, come down because I want to go to your house today. He invited himself to dinner. That's not really a cool thing even to do now. <laughs> I guess as a college student, that's all right. You, know, you can do that. Come to church on Sunday, and, you know, somebody will take you to lunch. But usually that's not really the thing to do. But Jesus did it because he cared about him. He wanted to make a difference in his life. Notice a couple things about Jesus tonight. Number one, he knows you. He knew Zacchaeus. 
The very first word out of Jesus' mouth when he saw Zacchaeus, Jesus standing there looking up at the tree, Zacchaeus up in the tree, the very first word out of Jesus' mouth, you remember what it was? Say it with me. Zacchaeus. He said his name. That's the first thing he said. Now I can kind of just see Zacchaeus up in that tree. And I'm sure the first thought in his mind was, he knows my name. He knows who I am. You know, your name is one of the the most precious things for you to hear. We love for people to call us by our name. You know, I wish it was required that every human being had to wear a name tag 24-7, 365. I really do, because I'm not real good at remembering names. But if I can see a name tag on you, I can call you by name every time I see you. We like that. We like people to call us by name. Hey, guess what? God knows your name. Just like he knew Zacchaeus' name that night, he knows your name. He knows everything about you. You don't believe me? Listen to Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 1. This is what the Lord says. He created you, people of Jacob. He formed you, people of Israel. He says, don't be afraid because I've saved you. I've called you by name and you are mine. You know, if you're here tonight and you would say, you know what, I, I really do feel alone here at school. Nobody really cares about me. I really don't have any friends and and close relationships, I would just say to you tonight, God cares about you. He knows your name. He knows your situation. He knows your loneliness. He knows what you're, what you're going through because he knows you. Number two about Jesus, we just simply say this, he knows your need. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows what you're going through. You know, I can just kind of picture after Jesus said to Zacchaeus, come down, let's go to your house, that they got to the house, and, and they started their meal, and they began to talk, and, and I can just kind of hear Jesus saying, well, Zach, tell me, uh, what do you do for a living? And at that point, Zacchaeus probably kind of got wide-eyed, and, and he says, well, I'm a tax collector. And something happened in Zacchaeus' heart that night because he had a change of heart, and he began to confess to Jesus that he had cheated people out of their money, and, and he said, hey, I, I know what I've done. You see, Jesus knew that Zacchaeus had a need of turning his life around, of repenting of his sin, and turning back towards God. And likewise, Jesus knows what your need is. You say, well, my need is I got to pass this test tomorrow. Well, he knows. Now, you better study, all right, before you go. But it's okay to pray about a test. You know, God, help me. Help me to remember what I've studied. (laughs) Don't pray, Lord, I haven't studied. Help me to pass. That ain't going to work. It doesn't work. You got to do both. But God knows what your need is. He knows that things aren't good back at home, that situation with you. He knows that relationship that you have here at school is not what it ought to be. It's not honoring God as it should. He knows. He knows what your need is. He knows if you need friends and you need relationships, you need somebody that will just kind of come along and say, hey, I care about you. He knows. Just like he knew Zacchaeus' need, and he met his need that day. But notice the third thing that Jesus knows. He knows your potential. He knows no matter what you're dealing with right now, what you're going through, he knows that you have great potential in God's eyes. I think he knew that about Zacchaeus. He knew deep down inside Zacchaeus had, had a good heart. And I think he kind of said to Zacchaeus, hey, let me keep this short and sweet, buddy. You need to make amends to those you have hurt. You need to make a difference with them. You know, it's one thing for us to say, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Christ. But if we don't act like it, and we don't do things 
that show that? And we need to back up and say, am I really a follower of Christ? You know, we don't do things to earn our salvation. But once we have that salvation, that free gift from God, we ought to be doing some things that show that we have it. And that's what Zacchaeus did. Zacchaeus made amends, gave back half of his fortune four times, you know, and all. And, but the bottom line is he did something. And it showed that there had been a change in his life. And those of us who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, there ought to be some fruit in our lives. You know, James, the little letter of James, one of my favorite books in the Bible, one of the most practical books in the Bible. But James says, what good is our faith without works. Now, Martin Luther, uh, many, many years ago, tore James out of his Bible because he thought James contradicted what Paul says. Paul says we are saved by grace through faith, not of works. In other words, we don't earn our salvation. But really, he wasn't contradicting James. James was just simply saying, hey, once you get that salvation, there ought to be some works. There ought to be some evidence of it. The way we treat other people, the way we live our lives, how we conduct ourselves, in relationships, and at home, at school, and otherwise. There ought to be something about us. And God simply says, hey, I I know. I know your potential. I know I can use you and make a difference in your life. So, Zach represents mostly those who don't know Christ yet. Jesus Christ comes and says, I can make a change in your life. Now, right here in this room today, there are two different kinds of people. There are Zacchaeuses here today. There are some of you who have not established a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'll just say to you today, I hope you will soon. I hope you'll decide, hey, that's the route I want to go. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And just like Zach, you're looking to to fill that void in your life. Hey, let, let God fill that void. Give you meaning and purpose in life. A reason to continue on with what God has for you. So some of you are Zach's today. The rest of us today are former Zachs, okay? Because we too had that void in our lives at one point. We too were without a relationship with Jesus Christ. But let me tell you what those of you who are, who are former Zachs or recovering Zachs really ought to be. We really ought to be. Really one of the best characters in our story today was, was Aramis, the tree. Because you remember what he did? He held up Zacchaeus so that he could see Jesus. You see, all of us as Christians, all of us as followers of Christ, we ought to be holding up other people so that they can see Jesus Christ. They can see him in our lives. They can see him in a church family, maybe. And all of us really need to be trees for Jesus. We need to be those who hold up the name of Jesus Christ so that other people will see him and want to have that relationship that we have and that they need so desperately in their lives. So, just kind of going to close. Ask the question yourself, what am I? Am I a Zacchaeus today, still looking and searching? Or am I a recovering Zacchaeus? If you're a recovering Zacchaeus, you need to be a tree too. Lift up other people so they can see Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the Overflow Podcast. Please feel free to download and share with friends. We ask that you do not alter any of the previous content in any way. For more information about Overflow, feel free to visit us online at overflowdenton.org.